This is the Recruiting Simplified Podcast, where college basketball coaches give parents all the information that they need to help their child reach their goals of playing at the next level. The recruiting process can be difficult at times and it can be overwhelming. So the goal of this podcast is to help parents get the right information from the people who make the decisions. You can find more information at AngelaRLewis.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Coach A. Lewis. Listen to what this coach had to say. Welcome to this episode of Recruiting Simplified. On the show today, we have Sean Sanderson. Coach Sanderson is the head coach at Joliet Community College. Coach Sanderson, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and Joliet Community College. Well, um, I am actually entering my 12, 4, 13th. I stopped counting, but <laughs> I've been here at the program for like 15, 16 years. Um, just love the game coaching, love uh, basketball. Uh, did some volunteer at University of Illinois at Chicago. Uh, coached here at the local high school. Uh, also some recreational. Um, and for me, a lot of it has been about developing players um, from a basketball standpoint as well as uh, life situations um, and just personal skills. So, uh, like I said, I've been at the program here and uh, hopefully in 15 wins this season, I would have conquered my 200th win. Uh, right now I'm currently the leader in uh, wins for women's basketball. And uh, we're about helping players uh, develop their talents and skills and moving them on to four-year institutions so they can get their uh, uh, four-year degrees better than their lives, their family lives, as well as their community. Um, Our program, I was just going to say our program here has been nationally ranked over the last few years and uh, we're striving to win the championship like we do every year. Yeah, so tell us, tell us about when um, you fell in love with basketball. Oh, wow. Um, You know, I guess when I made that first shot in my grandmother's backyard, I finally hit a shot. And the excitement that I got at that point, at about eight years old, um, I I loved it. And after that, um, just watching college basketball, um, I used to watch Indiana a whole lot, like Bobby Knight when he would coach. You know, and um, then the Michigan. I'm a huge Michigan fan. So I got to see, like, the Ramil Robinsons, the Glennses, and then in my generation that year when they had the, the Fab Five. Absolutely. Jalen Rose. Yeah. Oh, uh, they yeah, were fun. So, yes, they were. So I always had a love for it, just the competing part. Now, was it the Fab Five, Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, I'm missing mm-hmm. two. Yep, Ray Jackson and I can't, Jimmy King, Jimmy King. Yep, those guys, they and changed I, the game, for real. Yes, and you know, Jawan Howard, I'm a product of uh, Chicago Public League, and oh. I went to Dunbar Vocational. 
uh, Jawan Howard was at one of the locals, uh, CVS, uh, Chicago Vocational High School. So I got to see him for four years uh, play. And um, so it was kind of a personal connection considering he's from, from the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah it's really incredible. It's really incredible what he was able to accomplish. So in terms of that love, I asked coaches about their love for the game because what we try to do as coaches is find players that love the game as much as we do and or we try to like share that love with our players. Can you yeah. talk about how your coaching style and how you share your love for the game with your players? You know, it, it's, it's been different. I've been doing this a while and I've had to share that love differently. You know, coming up, we didn't have a lot of options. You you went to the park, you played basketball from sun up to sundown. Um, you were fortunate to have cable television. You were fortunate to have like a, a video game. You know, I finally got Atari 2600, um, but not everyone had that. Yeah. So today, you know, you have big cell phones and, you know, just, um, you know, there's a lot, the uh, PlayStations, you got cable TV, you got uh, Netflix, you have these other distractions and things that um, the kids of today have. So um, what we try to do is to use basketball, the love of basketball as a way to um, conquer their goals or dreams, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and we're competing with a lot, you know, uh, with our program, we're Division Three program, so a lot of our students have to work. Um, but we always say, hey, let this be your way out to any problems that's going on. Uh, but at the same time, um, let this be your road to your success, whatever that may be for them individually. Absolutely. Let's talk about a couple things that you mentioned. One, you said that you all are Division Three, so NJCAA Division Three. Explain for parents and for student-athletes what that means. Division three basically just states that we are not able to give athletic scholarships. Um, We do have um, academic scholarships, but unlike division one and division two, we're unable to give athletic scholarships. And that's the primary difference between the uh, D3 versus Division One or Division Two. So, yeah, I didn't realize um, that. I didn't you know, realize that there were um, junior colleges that were Division Three that didn't offer scholarships. Yeah. Um, now, some. Now, fortunately, a lot of our players uh, are full Pell Grant students, mm-hmm. meaning that they get uh, government money, uh, which our tuition here is so cheap. Usually covers their entire tuition and for some it covers their books as well um now on the basketball side of things for us for me it division one division two that doesn't matter um we'd be a division one program in our opener game on on um on saturday we won 78 to 42 so uh we play division one division two in our region is primarily division two so we're, we're, to me, that's just a number. Um, 
we currently have a player. She came here, Division Three. She's playing Division One basketball right now at Florida International. Mm-hmm. Um, we sent two young ladies. They're playing Division Two basketball at Lamont on um, a Division Two in Memphis, Tennessee. So, I, if you can play, I'm gonna get you here. If we can play, discover your skills and talents, and move move you on. So the Vision yep. three to me is just a number. <laughs> exactly. You know, one thing that I love about junior colleges is that they're really competitive. Typically, you you have a lot of kids who are hungry and who know that, like, they're working for something bigger than just that. You know, they have another level to get to. So you have kids who, who want to fight for to get to that next step. Will you, will you explain why? community college for is a is a better fit for some players yes uh what community college does it allows you to mature um a lot of times just because you complete high school you're not ready for college or you're not ready for adulthood Uh, so it does teach you responsibility accountability um and on the basketball side of things, it allows you to gain college experience right away. Um, sometimes in my recruiting, you know, depending on the, the student athlete, I'll say, hey, look at those that moved on in your area or in your region. Look to see what their stats are. See how much they're playing at the four-year institutions. Uh, are they playing on a, like a junior varsity uh, level if if uh, if that university offers it, um, but a lot of times your incoming freshmen are if they're playing are only getting about four or five minutes a game. Now, when they come to a junior college, you're playing, uh, and again, it, to each his own in terms of the program, their style of play, but you're playing like 15, 20, 30 minutes a game. Um, our roster last night, um, our starters, I think we're starting two or three freshmen. You know, so our, our freshmen are getting that experience, like, right away. And the, and the great thing about it, when it's time to move on to that four-year school, that four-year school wants an experienced basketball player, so they rely on that junior college player to step in and do the things that they did at the junior college level. You're absolutely right. You know, a lot of times players will will say that they want to go somewhere where they can play. And we know that you can't teach experience. Like either you you played in a bunch of games and you got some game situations under your belt or you don't. And junior college is a great way for players to get that and still compete for championships. I mean, every level you're fighting for a championship. That's right. And and we feel here every year we have an opportunity to win it all. Um, and <laughs> our student athletes, they don't know how to play. You know, they, they may have been at programs where they're taught to pressure the ball, pressure the ball, pressure the ball, but they, that usually they're not learning. Hey, what do I do after this screen? Or um, maybe I need to hold the ball and be patient right here so I can get a better shot. So terminology, just a lot that uh, they may not be getting at their respective programs uh, at the junior college level. It's almost like we're training a baby 
all over again just to understand the fundamentals of the game, let alone like the terminology and things that they need going forward. All those little things make such a difference and getting that is really essential so that they're, they're more confident when they're going into, you know, the next school that they're attending. Yes. And, and I, for me, I'm, I've been coaching a long time, but I'm still a student of the game. Mm -hmm. And with the way the generations have changed, I'm constantly asking our players that moved on, like, hey, how is it there? Or, like, what is something that you like? What is something you didn't like? You know, I'm always trying to stay in tune and relate to uh, this current generation. Because at the end of the day, we, we got to win ball games, and, and I need to know what buttons to push and when to push them. One thing, speaking of that, one thing parents asked is, how do you know if a coach is interested? Um, there's several ways. Um, now, sometimes, in, as coaches, uh, there are some busy times of the year. Um, a lot of times, like this week, for instance, uh, we have three games this week. So the preparation that it takes, uh, you know, whether it's practice, games, and being a student athlete, there's off the court things that you have to deal with. Uh, so sometimes we may miss an email. Uh, we may miss um, an opportunity to go see you play because maybe we're on the road or um, – mm -hmm. So, but it's, I think persistence is key, but um, the best thing you can do is email a coach, send film, um, just kind of a, a personal uh, statement or, or something. And um, coaches may not be interested now, but if they see you play, they may be interested later. Uh, every program kind of recruits different. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got to get a feel for what that program is like. Um, but if a coach is interested, um, he, you'll know. You'll know. Um, but persistence is key. And I can go a whole nother direction with that. But go for it. Let's they don't... go. Let's go in that direction. Okay. Okay. Well, I, and I'll, I'll just take me. So with, with our program, yes, we don't give athletic scholarships, but we tend to recruit local. Um, so if I have players that, and we get this all the time, let's say they're sending me a profile from the state of Alabama, Mississippi, and things like that, I'm probably not that interested because, one, you're coming from a warm climate and you have to deal with Chicago. <laughs> Two, the distance that you have to get here. You're passing so many other community colleges just to get to me. Like, I'm interested. What drew you to me? Um, do you have family members in this area? Because now, if you're 13, 14 miles or hours away, you're going to get homesick. Yeah. So now that's something else as a coach I have to deal with. Um, and if you're a talent, So um, where you play sometimes, depending on the coach, uh, can be um, uh, interest or not an interest. 
Um, like we have a local high school. Um, they're very talented. And if I can get the water girl to come play for me, I'm, I'm happy with that <laughs> because, because I know they've been instilled with uh, toughness um, and, you know, just working hard. So um, I think from a parent standpoint, you need to be realistic about where you're trying to, uh, where you're, what programs you're trying to be attractive to. Um, but if a coach is interested um, and with social media is huge right now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a 70 year old coach, I'm not really into social media. Um, that's, that doesn't mean I'm not interested. I just have an old school way of uh, contacting you. But so do you look at how much, of is so yeah, how much of impact does social media play in your recruiting? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, you have to adjust. Um, I, a lot of our students, they don't even check emails. Uh, everything is text message. Uh, sometimes Instagram, you know, so social media is a huge part of it. And, um, but you have to know that player and that's the most attractive thing. If, if you know who you're recruiting, um, that, so maybe social media is not their thing. Maybe just your visibility at their game or checking on them after their game is what's attractable. Uh, and that's a, another key to knowing if a coach is really interested. So, but uh, you have to know what's uh, uh, the social media piece is, is huge. And, and, and I'm going to add this. Um, students have to be careful about what they're posting on social media. Yep. You I was know, waiting for you, you to go there. I was waiting for it. Yeah, there's been a lot of students I did not go after because of the things that I saw on their social media page. What types of things did you see that turned you off to them as players that made you say, no, I'm not going to recruit them? What did you see? What are big no-nos? Um, you know, it sometimes just gang affiliations or, you know, just um, language is a big part of it. So, um, so if somebody's cursing, that makes you, what about cussing? Yeah, I mean, if it's just over the top, you know, I, I do understand a lot of our students have that in their, in their vocabulary. Uh, but if you just keep it to a minimum, um, just, you know, and some, you have to be careful about what you like and what you comment on. Um, I think more so at the higher levels, uh, they look at that, mm-hmm. you know, did you like this comment about um, whatever, whatever the controversial um, statement, um, you know, alcohols, uh, smoking, you know, because if that's an issue while you're living at home, it becomes an issue when you're living away from home. Yeah. So uh, you have to be very careful. And if you're wondering why coaches aren't contacting you, that can be a strong possibility if if you're not, um, if your um, social media is not um, clean. <laughs> yes, thank you for sharing that. That's really true. I mean, it's really true that a lot of um, yeah. 
players dismiss what they put on social media or if they use like a fake name then you won't be able to find them but you know you can anything they put out there on the internet never goes away so it's really important that student athletes know that coaches are watching and they're paying attention and that really does impact the opportunities they may or may not have yes and I think student athletes and parents need to understand that uh, for coaches, this is their livelihood. Uh, mm -hmm. This is how they feed their families. So they're looking to invest in um, in someone that's going to help them uh, win. Um, someone, you know, at least, you know, help them continue to put food on their table with their family. So there's going to be certain things and certain issues that, uh, four-year coaches or coaches in general may not want to deal with. Um, so sometimes, depending on what you're putting out there, uh, it can be a, a turnoff at the next level. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Will you talk some about exposure? A lot of times we talked a little bit about social media. Can you talk about like events, tournaments, camps, and clinics? Parents ask all of the time, how can their child get more exposure? So I want you to talk about the first piece, the first part of it is when should parents start caring about their kid getting exposure, like a timeline? And then two, what types of exposure um, opportunities do you find are most valuable for coaches to go and watch? And and that's a great question. I mean, everyone's road is so different. Um, I mean, between exposure, like AAU, um, and I know everybody's not a fan of AAU, but I'll just say social media has opened so many doors for, for students, um, things that we didn't have back in the day. Um, but being able to put your own basketball game and um, stats. Uh, there's so many links out there, uh, recruiting links that you can use. And I, I think it's very important for parents and students to figure out where they want to go. And not necessarily what school, but geographically, where do you want your student to go? So, or student athlete to go. So when you do that, then you can contact the coach. There's profiles, but uh, notifying that coach, hey, this is my schedule. Um, this is what I did last summer. These are some of my strengths. These are some of my, my weaknesses. Um, so I'm, you know, direct email, uh, again, Facebook and some of the other recruiting sites that's out there. Um, if you're a part of an AAU program, getting your schedule out to certain schools. Mm -hmm. But um, also in going to basketball camps at uh, universities. So now you know you're learning the fundamentals of the game. You're learning the system of this particular school that you're attending. Mm -hmm. And it allows them to see you grow and mature. And hopefully in four or five years of you going to their camp, who knows, they may offer you. Um, so between going to university camps, being a part of some AAU programs, uh, 
just recording your games and just sending it out. You know, those are great opportunities uh, to be exposed. So, you know, and I think it's at no better way right now than to do use uh, social media. I talked to another coach and he said that view your recruiting, you view the recruiting process as your brand, like you're building a brand and you're essentially marketing yourself. So yes. whether you're really, when, when a company is marketing a product, they're really intentional about what they say, the language they use, when they post the image, how often they post, there's some intention around it and it's not simply random. And um, it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying as well. You know, send information out, include links, just be intentional about getting coaches, helping make coaches aware of you. But when does that yeah. happen? Like, at what point should that happen? Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, what's your thoughts? I think freshman year, you know, and some students are more talented than others. So it may, for some, might start sixth, seventh, eighth grade. But I think freshman year is a great opportunity, um, you know, and sometimes you're not, you don't get to choose a high school that you go to because you may live in a district. Uh, so, so a lot of times you can't select the team um, mm-hmm. that you want to be a part of. Um, but I think freshman year is a great opportunity. And I think it's a great practice and follow that senior, see what their road is. I would suggest that uh, a freshman parent talk to a junior or, or a sophomore parent. Um, to kind of see what their process and what their roles have, have been. But you're absolutely right. It's about, um, I had a young lady, um, her mom created a fan page on oh, Facebook. Really? Wow. Yeah. So she, anytime she, yeah, um, LaRoya Campbell, and actually she ended up graduating and uh, playing at Limestone uh, uh, College in South Carolina. Her mom created a fan page, and I had never seen it before, but she created T-shirts for her. She wow. just made her daughter attractable. Now, fortunately, she could play. She was good. You know, that's important. But, that's key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, I think freshman year is a great time to, to start the market and, and, like you said, brand, like brand yourself. Yep, definitely. Good. That's really good insight. You know, I think parents will be interested in hearing that we'll have all these fan pages popping up after hearing that idea. That's essentially kind of what a, um, you know, a profile on a website is. Facebook just allows you to have it there. You can put all your information and stats. I'm going to share that with some parents. I think they'll find that intriguing. The last thing I want to Can I add something to that? Absolutely. So, and I think it's very important that parents not be too involved. Uh, and what I mean by that is at a game, you want to be careful of your actions and activity in the stands because coaches are watching. Because if you're yelling and saying, hey, coach, you should do this, or coach, you should do that, or you're telling your, your daughter or son to, hey, you need to get, 
do this, do this, or you're talking to them at halftime or and they're talking to you from the bench. Coaches see that, Mm -hmm. and they will cross your name off if they're recruiting you. They will cross your name off their recruiting list so quick because they don't want to have to deal with that or – that's true. Of an influence to that player um, during the course of one of their games. So that if you want to get taken off a list, that's a quick way to do it. So you got to be careful of the activity that uh, that's going on in the stands. Very true. Very true. Coaches are looking because they're thinking, am, are they going to have to deal with with that from Absolutely. a player? Yeah. Okay. The last question I wanted to ask before we close out the interview is I want parents and players to get an idea of the flow of the year at each level. So talk about kind of what happens from the time your players come on campus, the training that y'all have preseason, during the season, postseason, what do summers look like? What is that like for y'all? Well, for us, and, and I'll say this, recruiting is all year round. Mm-hmm. And it's all, always based on need, and we're always trying to get the best talent that we can get. Um, and just kind of to take this year, uh, sometimes you, as in recruiting, I'm planting the seed early, uh, usually when they're about a junior. Um, so for us, um, our we go through a phase like, now the National Junior College Athletic Association, a couple of years ago, they allowed us to sign players November 1st. So as of right now, we can sign that senior class uh, for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course the seniors are in there about to start their season here. But some of the things that we're doing is making sure that our seniors are getting their applications in mm-hmm. um we don't need transcripts as of yet but um we're at some point as we, they get to the end of their season and that's around the time when our season's coming to an end but in march and april uh, we're trying to get their placement tests because there is a test that they'll need to take to see what classes they will take at the college level so we want to try to get their placement tests in so that they can register for the fall semester as early as like April. Um, what that does, it allows you to secure um, uh, classes and to get you on track to graduate. So now, and I'm going to back up because October 1st was the day that you can actually fill out for financial aid. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we do not give athletic scholarships, that financial aid piece for us is very huge. So October 1st, you're allowed to fill out your financial aid, which allows you to know how much you're going to have for your classes. And again, um, once we get the placement test, and we need to know once you register full-time, because you have to be a full-time student in order to play a sport, um, we want to know how are these classes going to be paid for, and this is at the Division three level. So, and at that point, after our season, once they graduate, for our program, you're allowed to come to open gyms, 
um, this past summer, one thing that we were allowed to do is practice during the summer. I believe we have two weeks. It's uh, the middle of July, I believe. Um, but we're allowed to practice with our team in the middle of July as long as they have a schedule for the fall. Okay. So, and um, and my thing is that I think players have to play. So weekly we open a gym and we have um, come in from other programs, Division One programs, former players. Um, so, but that summer is an opportunity for them to get better at their craft Absolutely. while just playing free. So very true. Um, there, there were a few things that you mentioned that I want to highlight. The first thing is placement tests at the JUCO level. Placement tests, parents, if you have a child who you feel is going to play at community college, they have to take that placement test seriously. Because if you place into classes that are remedial, that don't go toward your associate's degree, then you have to, then they don't count. So you're going to have to take more classes and it's going to cost you more potentially. Correct? Am I correct in that, yes. Coach? Then, you are. That is correct. I've seen kids where they will just like dismiss the placement test, but then you're in an entry-level English course or math class and, and it doesn't count. So make sure you take that serious. The second thing you mentioned is FAFSA and admissions deadlines. Sometimes a player thinks because a coach has offered a scholarship that they don't have to actually now apply to the school and get admitted. Like the offer is one thing, but there are still systems and processes that are required in order to start school at that particular university. And it's important to adhere to those deadlines because the coaches can't do anything if you miss, you know, the admissions deadlines or the FAFSA deadlines. Correct. Yeah. And, and I always say the early bird gets the worm. Mm -hmm. The earlier you can do your FAFSA, um, the more money you can possibly get. Yes. And I always encourage to fill out like scholarships. Um, for instance, our school has thousands and thousands of dollars that they give and not all are GPA based. It may be based on your major. Yep. Yep. There are various, um, um but there are scholarships out there for, You still there? Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry, Coach. You can go ahead. You said there were various scholarships out there for. Yes, um, just for being left-handed. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so the more money you can get, um, you can put some of that money in your pocket or for that next semester. Or uh, we've had situations where players were able to get a used car because they just had so much scholarship money. And they were able to get a little cheap car to go back and forth to school. Exactly. So, it makes a big difference. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would and, like and, to thank you. Oh, was there more? Well, I was just going to say, with the going back to the placement test, um, depending on what um, in each state can be different, um, whether it's the ACT or SAT, certain scores, mm -hmm. you possibly don't even have to take the placement test and you can go right into those uh, courses that will transfer at a four-year institution exactly yep there's a 
those are kids who are qualifiers. So you may be, you may do well enough academically to qualify for for your university. However, um, you go to junior college for a year because that's the best fit for you. But then after a year, sometimes players actually transfer. Right. Absolutely. Is there, what's one last piece of advice that you would have for parents and players going through the college recruiting process? Uh, the one thing I would say, uh, a lot of people uh, downplay junior colleges or think it's failure. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm the first and I'm advocate that junior colleges uh, work in different ways. You just have to do your homework on the program that you're going to. Um, it could be a situation where you don't like where you're being recruited. And you just mentioned that uh, if you're a qualifier, well, when you're a qualifier, you can play at a program one year. And then after that year, have a ton of places to play. You know, so, but it allows you to mature. And then if you have that dream and aspirations of playing at a four-year school, it's a, sec a second opportunity. Um, maybe there's some hardships or things that's going on in the family. You're not just quite ready to get away. Uh, the junior college allows you to get a second chance and to open other doors that you may have may not have gotten in the first place. So true. My brothers, I should have started with this. I have brothers who are identical twins. In high mm -hmm. school, they got a 14 on the ACT and they went to a local community college for two years. Both of them have doctorates now. Wow. Yep. Wow. So they went on to play at a community college for two years, then got a scholarship to a Division II school, Barry University in Miami. And then they started their careers and lives after, and they're doing really well. So community college is a viable option. And it doesn't mean, like you said earlier, that you're a failure. It actually means you've made the best decision for yourself at that time. And you're going to use it to continue to accomplish your goals. Yeah, and, and if you're going to take the same classes that are being offered at a four-year at a cheaper rate, I think that's a great investment. Exactly. That just makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, Coach Sanderson, thank you so much for joining me. If people want to learn more about Joliet Community College and they want to come see y'all play or even players want to reach out to you, they've heard, they've heard some things that you've said that piqued their interest, how can they reach you? Um, our website is www.jjcwolves.com. Uh, we have an awesome website um, and it's always updated. And if they're on Facebook, um, Juliet College Women's Basketball. Um, you know, we uh, doing great things over here. Our, we have a new athletic director in Greg Braun. Uh, he has a great vision and uh, we have a lead us a 29 million dollar building over here so um great facilities um, i need to get up there and watch y'all play yeah yeah it's it's fun basketball fun basketball perfect well thank you again and i will post all of those links in the show notes and okay. make sure everyone knows how to reach you okay thank you thank you so much for having me The Recruiting Simplified podcast is produced by the Global Athlete Media Network. To find out more information about this podcast, visit AngelaRLewis.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach A. Lewis.